You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, we cover down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is Fry. Yay! Hit the, hit the explosion and the applause, bud. <laughs> we did it, guys. Woo-hoo! You made it to Friday. <laughs> uh, Boomer, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Good. I'm good, 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 good. It's back cold again, so it's Yeah, it's what's reasonable, chilly. at least. I mean, it feels like spring out there, to be honest. I know. I just love it. I got the windows open in my office. I got the windows open in the studio. <laughs> I drove through the truck with the windows open on the way. I mean, what the... It, this is January, right? I, I believe so. Last, last time I checked. I checked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless I really slept hard last night and woke up in May, I think this is still January. But um, all right. Hey, we got a great show laid up for you. Uh, calling in at three o'clock today, Justin Bogey. He's been on the show many times. He's a longtime fiscal analyst. He's now also a fiscal reporter with 1819 News. Justin Bogey will be on at three o'clock to talk with us about things going on in D.C. with the debt ceiling. What in the world? Is it really going to be like financial Armageddon? Yeah, well, we'll talk with Justin about that. That's also going to be part of the Triple Dipper, which I'm getting to now. So hit it. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right. The Triple Dipper. Three stories, three themes, if you will, that we have got to go with as we run today's show with. So number one, raising the roof. You like what I did there? Debt ceiling, raising the roof. That was pretty good. Okay. (laughs) Raising the roof. What is this debt ceiling? What's that all about? How does that work? Why do we have to worry about it? Is it really going to be a big deal if we cut spending? Uh, depends on who you talk to, because I'll be honest with you. I look at it and think you and I, uh, we have a cap on our spending, right? You can't go past your credit card limit, right? Well, apparently in D.C., they have fits when they can't get past their credit card limit. We'll talk about it. Number one, raising the roof. Number two, bowing up. All right, so... You know, down here in Alabama, that's how we can say things. Those of y'all listen to our podcasts in Ohio and California, just be aware. Bowing up means you're pushing back. You're you're literally you're bowing up at somebody. Well, I've got a series of stories where wokeism, oh yeah, we're bowing up and and I'm enjoying it. So I'll tell you about those. When we get into number two of the triple dipper, and then number three, right off the bat, I came across this the coolest story about an older gentleman right up here in our neck of the woods in DeKalb County, Alabama. And then I found another one uh, from Octavia Spencer, the great actress, award-winning, Academy Award-winning actress from uh, Alabama. And I thought, you know what? These are just great stories. And I found another and then another. I thought, you know what? I've got a whole section here now. I'm going to call this It Ain't All Bad. So there's some good news stories out there, and we're going to wrap the week up with those. Number three on the Triple Dipper, It Ain't All Bad. Well, listen, let me me get to my comments. Um, My monologue for today is, is... got a, a bit of history attached to it. And I got to tell you, if the world seems a bit upside down to you, then you are not alone. <laughs> Many of us look around at what seems to be a never-ending battle to keep right, right, and wrong, wrong. Chaos is too often the order of the day. Sometimes it feels like speaking out against it is just like spitting in the wind. I mean, is it possible for one person or just a few together to make a difference? And, and to what end? 
can we really hunker down and make something happen when all the world seems to be pitted against the idea of stopping good people from doing good things? Well, I'm here to tell you the answer to those questions is yes. Spitting in the wind, maybe, but you can still make a difference. I'll also tell you, though, that you may not always get to see the full result of your efforts. Oh, great pep talk, Phil. <laughs> well, what I mean by that is if we do what we know to be right only because we want to personally walk in the result, then we've just limited our capacity for doing good. But if we view our actions, our calling, our mission as being bigger than ourselves, then we will go at it with a fervor that says, I'm in this all the way, even for the next generation of people that I can't see. So that others who come after me don't have to put up with this stuff. It's called selfless service. It's what leaders do. It's what heroes do. At Fort Benning, Georgia, there's a parade field called the Field of Four Chaplains. I became aware of it back when I was a young lieutenant at Benning for training. And that's, you know, what's that about, I wondered. The Field of Four Chaplains. So here's their story, which happens to be very close to hitting its 80th year. Four Army chaplains received the highest honors ever bestowed for valor. In the latter days of January 1943, the USS Dorchester set sail for Greenland from New York Harbor. The Dorchester was a converted freighter that carried 902 men en route to the war in Europe. Among those 902 men were four brand new first lieutenants, all of whom were Army chaplains. There was Methodist minister George Fox, Jewish rabbi Alexander Good, Catholic priest John Washington, and Reformed Church of America minister Clark Poling. And as the ship crossed the waters to Greenland, it was torpedoed in the dark of the night of February 3rd, 1943. Instantly, the power went out. And the ship began taking on water. And the men in the lower holds couldn't see and panic set in. But the four chaplains are said to have been everywhere, comforting men, organizing them for evacuation, issuing life jackets, and basically providing much needed calm and leadership to the chaos of a sinking ship. Well, one young survivor told how he was floating in the freezing oily water, hearing men crying and screaming. But overall, he could also hear the voices of the four chaplains preaching courage. He said it was their voices that gave him hope. Another sailor a survivor, Petty Officer John J. Mahoney. He tried to rush back to his cabin to get his gloves because it was the middle of winter, but Rabbi Good, one of the four chaplains, stopped him. Mahoney said that Good said, never mind, I have two pairs. And the rabbi then gave Mahoney a pair of gloves, which he realized later was actually the rabbi's only pair of gloves. Now, topside, the chaplains got to a storage locker. They began distributing life jackets. An engineer, Grady Clark, told of witnessing an amazing moment when there were no more life jackets in the storage room. The chaplains took off their own life jackets and gave them to the four frightened young men who stood in front of them. It was the finest thing I have ever seen or hope to see this side of heaven, said one of the survivors who saw the chaplain's selfless act. It was entirely selfless, even more so when you consider what the four chaplains memorial foundation points out today. It says that, quote, when giving their life jackets, Rabbi Good did not call out for a Jew. Father Washington did not call out for a Catholic, and nor did Reverends Fox or Poland call out for a Protestant. They simply gave their life jackets to the next man in line. Survivors say that as the ship went down, they could see the four chaplains standing together with their arms linked and braced against the slanting deck. Their voices could still be heard offering prayers up as the ship went down. Survivor James Erdley, he watched from the water as the ship sank, and he said, when she rolled... All I could see was the keel up there. And we saw the four chaplains standing arm in arm like they were looking up to heaven, you might say. And then the boat took a nosedive and it went right down and they went with it. Of the 902 men aboard the Dorchester, 672 died. 
leaving 230 survivors. It shocked the nation. It was the second largest maritime disaster of all of World War II. The four chaplains were actually recommended for the Medal of Honor, but because they were not armed combatants dealing with an armed enemy, they were each posthumously awarded the Distinguished Service Cross instead and the Purple Heart. That's still the second highest award you can get. No one can say for sure how many of the 230 survivors owed their lives to the four chaplains, but the sentiment is that the death toll would have been much higher. And the sacrifice, the selfless sacrifice of the four chaplains to the extent that they willingly gave their own lives, well, their story galvanized the nation. In 1948, the U.S. Postal Service issued a special stamp in their honor with the faces of all four men on it and the words, these immortal chaplains, interfaith in action. And it didn't end there. Efforts continued to have the four chaplains' awards for valor upgraded to the Medal of Honor, but in the end, even Congress couldn't get that done because of the strict guidelines for that medal. So for the only time in U.S. history, almost two decades after the Dorchester was sunk, Congress convened to create a one-time special medal for heroism, and what became known as the Chaplain's Medal of Honor was intended by the Congress to carry the same weight and the meaning as the original Medal of Honor, and it was just for those four men. It's never been given before or since, and no other medal has ever been established by Congress outside of the Congressional Medal of Honor and the Chaplain's Medal of Honor for those four men. The medal has an eagle with wings stretched upward on the front and the names of the four chaplains on the back. Like I said, it's the only time that such a medal has ever been created and awarded. It's a visual reminder of four men who did all they could to do the right thing, the good thing, even knowing that they themselves would not have the opportunity to participate in the results. And because of that, they created a legacy. So back to my original point. Is the world chaotic? Short answer, yes. Does it feel like pushing back against the onslaught of wokeness and liberal policies is like spitting in the wind? Yes, again. But we cannot be idled by the misguided notions that spitting in the wind has no meaning. Those four chaplains did not do the things they did so they could personally survive. They did what they did because it was right and because they intended that others should survive. So I'll tell you right now, keep staring at liberals. Keep spitting in the wind. You have no idea the legacy you might help to create doing it. And that's a wrap for The Right Side Way. It's a great story. Man, I encourage you. Look up the, look up the four chaplains. That's all you got to do. You Google the four chaplains, I guarantee you'll find story after story. Personal recounting. People saying that literally as the ship went down, they could see the four chaplains holding on to each other's arms and praying to the heavens together after they had saved so many lives. It's an amazing story. And it just shows you, you may not be a part of the result, but you're the one who created the result. And that matters. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. I'm going to tell you right now, um, I just got a text uh, from, from Charlene who said about the monologue a moment ago, she said, so good, but you might want to clarify, you're not saying go spit on liberals. 
<laughs> spitting in the wind, honey. I'm spitting, spitting in the wind. Doesn't mean we're spitting on liberals. But anyway, air points well taken. Okay, Phil Williams did not advocate going out there and spitting in a liberal's face. I didn't say that. Um, got some other great responses on the text line. Allie from Athens says, you got me crying already, Colonel. Um, John from Brownsboro says, but what happens when four chaplains walk into a bar? It's okay. I was, I told, what's funny is I told Charlene what I was writing about. She goes, sounds like you're about to tell a bar joke anyway. Uh, so yeah, they think the same. <laughs> Dustin from Hazel Green texted in and says, looking it up now. Thanks for that, Phil, of all the World War II history. I, I know I've never heard that. It's a great story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing story. And they've got the reason why I came to, uh, to be aware of it is because uh, they're at Fort Benning. They've got a parade field that used to be one of the main parade fields. Now it's kind of like an adjunct parade field at Fort Benning. And it's called the Field of Four Chaplains. And it's right there next to um, uh, the Infantry Chapel on Fort Benning. So it's just, it's just, it's, it really is. Um, uh, but <laughs> Tony from Piedmont said, just said, wow. And then he came back and said, I was a hard SOB not long ago, turned stuff on and off like a light switch, but now my eyes leak on good stuff. So <laughs> I'm with you, Tony. I had to brace myself to tell that story, by the way. I tried to tell Charlene about it this morning. I kept getting choked up. Um, and then uh, uh, we got, oh, I think that's about it for right now on, on, the, on the monologue. But I tell you what, though, if you, if you look it up, and I'm, I'm serious, it's just, 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 just Google search the four chaplains, uh, you'll find it. And the story is um, amazing. Uh, the ship was called the Dorchester. Um, there are Dorchesters. I think the last surviving Dorchester survivor um, just passed away, I want to say, in 2005. Um, but they, they used to get together periodically. And I'll tell you what else is, is really something, too. Those four chaplains, um, one of them was uh, Chaplain Fox. He was one of the two Protestant chaplains. He had already served in World War I. He was a Silver Star and Purple Heart winner from World War I as an infantryman. He went into the ministry after World War I, and when Pearl Harbor was attacked, uh, the bio that I read said he told his wife. He, he basically said, he said, I'm going to have to go. The boys need me. Wow. Anyway, so there's, there's a guy who in two wars, two world wars, you're looking at a guy who's got... Uh, the Distinguished Service Cross, the Chaplain's Medal of Honor, the Silver Star, and two Purple Hearts, and he was a chaplain. Goodness. Um, and, and, and by the way, the, um, there, there have been a number of uh, um, medals of honor. Now, their, their situation was different. Theirs was partly dictated by where they were, but there have been several medals of honor uh, awarded to chaplains. I believe there was one, I want to say from either the 82nd Airborne or the 173rd. It was, I think it was the 173rd Airborne Brigade. Uh, a chaplain who was on the front lines in the foxholes, uh, I think this was during Vietnam, and he went out continually. And they're, they're unarmed. Chaplains do not carry arms. In fact, they usually have a chaplain's aide that goes along with them who is like the bodyguard for the chaplain. And, um, and this chaplain just continually went out under fire to get wounded men back in, you know, carrying them on his shoulders. What do you do? I mean, wow, not, not even there to fight. And uh, so, yeah, very cool story. Go check it out. The four chaplains, uh, you will not be disappointed. Um, All right. Hey, we got plenty of stuff on tap for you today, not the least of which is, uh, so yesterday we did a segment. We called it Boomer and McQueen. (laughs) 
We did, and it, was, it went well. <laughs> it did go well. It went well. I, we got some good response on that. Yeah. And you guys have been uh, sort of prepping up for your uh, intro to the podcasting world. That's right. That's Digging right. Digging it. Um, Digging it. Wednesday, February 1st, will debut uh, like four episodes, so it's going to be awesome. Tell them what you're calling it. Uh, right Life. Right Life. That's right. <laughs> good spin off of Right Side Radio. <laughs> yeah, so that's the next piece of the media empire that we are building here at Right Side is uh is Boomer and McQueen are going to have their own uh podcast. Just talk and, and I tell you what I love you guys is uh is is that I mean there's an entire age demographic. I I'm I'm the old dude in the room, right? I, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm, you're I'm, the I'm granddaddy. <laughs> I I am the guy who says, "Let me show you pictures of my grandkids." You know, I'm that guy. Get off my grass. But but uh but I think it's so important that we have the next generation of um of conservatives ready to carry the mantle and you guys are already carrying it. But uh, I love the world hearing about what it means to carry it. Mm. So, well, we're excited about it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. Did you, did you come up with a new bump music for it? Uh, working on the bump music. Okay. <laughs> have you posted There's so the, many rules? Have you? I know. Dang. <laughs> have you posted the video yet of you guys getting the first one uh, going? Actually, I think we're uh, planning on doing all the posts this weekend. Starting doing all the posts. Good, because the video is hilarious. The video is funny. Like, uh, it, yeah. I mean, McQueen. You know, herself is just funny. So she's a hoot, man. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to be the boring guy on there now. So everybody's going to just want to listen to her, <laughs> <laughs> and rightfully so. And you know what? I'm okay with that. That's right. She's your better three quarters. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got some good stuff laid on for you, folks. We're going to come right back, and we're going to start talking about the fiscal Armageddon that the media wants you to believe is going to happen in D.C. I don't know. Part of me looks at it and goes, "Hmm, is it?" I don't know. We're going to talk about it. We're going to go down. I'm calling this whole section raising the roof, you know, debt ceiling, raising the roof. <laughs> All right. So we're going to we're going to cover down on it. This is as much an education for me as anything. And and so I've got the resources to go in. And then top of the hour, I've got Justin Bogey, who's a fiscal analyst who actually spent time up on the Hill uh, and, and in Montgomery. And uh, we'll get his perspective on it. But I, I, I look at it and think, OK, if you and I just every time we felt like it, maxed out the credit cards and then spent more on top of it, people would call us irresponsible. But if you're a politician, people say, well, they're just keeping things running and honoring our debt. Why do we have that much debt? Why is it doubled since 2011? In, in the last 10 years, we are literally looking at, we've gone from actually more than doubled. It was $14.5 trillion in debt, which I thought was bad enough in 2011. It's now $31-plus trillion. Where does it end? All right, folks, stay tuned. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We will be right back. Mm-hmm. 